Research older by ID six six two seven. We've had a level five breach. Implement quarantine procedures immediately. Implement quarantine procedures now. Welcome to Now Playing Podcast Doom Retrospective Series. This is a good thing I don't believe in hell, right? Part of Now Playing's video game movie review series. Look alive, man. Game time. Hosted by Arnie. Daddy's home. Justin. Battling diamonds is in my job description. And Stuart. Seems like a good group. They can be. This podcast may contain detailed plot spoilers and harsh language. I took his name in vain. Listener discretion is advised. I guess you gotta face a demon sometime. Today we're discussing Doom Annihilation. Starring no one you've ever heard of before. Man, I'll go through the exercise here. Amy Manson? Anyone? I've Any- heard of Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Dominic Mathem? Yes, star of Backdraft 2 and Dragonheart 3. <laughs> Luke Allen Gale? I believe he was a walk-on on the first Captain America. Nina Bergman? Eh, nothing. They all sound like real people. I will say I do know one actor here who's not credited in the top billing. Louis Mandalore is the brother of Costas Mandalore from the Saw series. Mm-hmm. He's the brother of a non-famous person. <laughs> Directed by Tony Giglio. Or Gigolo. Gigolo. <laughs> there aren't very many giggles. This is Arnie, co-host of Now Playing. I'm your podcaster, welcoming you back to consciousness. And Stuart. And this is Justin. I once cried because I had no joystick until I met a man who had no hands. No movie (laughs) franchise better exemplifies that proverb than Doom, right? I mean, people were so harsh on that 2005. You think it was the worst film ever made. Rock, Carl Urban. Boy, they screwed the pooch on that. Yeah, it was bad. Derivative story, underlit visuals, the general lack of energy or cohesion. But when you compare it to Tekken 2, Alone <laughs> in the Dark, 1 or 2, Max Payne, half the movies we've covered in now playing arcade, it's at least par and probably a little bit better than most. I put it still down in the bottom quarter. The only thing it has going for it is that first person sequence. But come on, The Rock, he has two modes. Either super charismatic and saves a film, or super stony and sinks a film. He sunk that film. I mean, I have nothing but bad memories of all three times I watched Doom. The original time, and then the two different cuts watched for now playing. So, when they announced they were doing Doom Annihilation, a direct-to-video live-action Doom movie, I'm like... Is it a sequel? A reboot? Could I just schedule a colonoscopy that day and clep out of this review? (laughs) Yeah, is it just a rumor? Like, could this really be something that they would bother to make? If the first film failed, why are they making sequels to disasters? I don't understand this philosophy, but there's a whole breed of films. I mentioned a few of them up the top. Universal Pictures 1440 is a company that thrives on taking things that have been totally forgotten and bringing them back. 
back. Like there's a cop and a half to inside man to four jarheads. Is 1440 the budget of each of these things? <laughs> 1499. Yeah, exactly. Like, do we need to review this? Like, is there any enjoyment to be had knowing they're going to take a movie nobody liked and remake it on a fraction of what they had before? Okay, when rumors of this movie started coming out, I think it was like spring of earlier this year. And then looking back at information coming out of this, it was like, oh, they have a cast in June. And the next thing you know, this movie's here. And it's like, okay, why are they doing this? And maybe part of my brain was like, well, that first one was really bad. But then I heard, oh, wait, there's a new Doom game coming out here this year. Maybe they're going to do an actual, like, legit tie-in to a beloved series that has needed an update for years. And I thought, okay, well, maybe that's what it is. It's going to be a low budget, maybe just like the cutscenes from a video game strewn into some sort of narrative that makes sense. But I also found an article that says Bethesda Games had nothing to do with this and they don't want to have anything to do with this movie. So why this is here other than for name recognition, I guess we'll have to jump into. I was with you, Stuart, and I've been this way since the RoboCop Prime Directives 4 movies and Rave to the Grave seems to be my go-to, the fourth Return of the Living Dead film, let alone Necropolis, but Rave to the Grave just has a more ring to it in the name, it just sounds worse. But I was reading some interviews with Gigolo, or Giglio, or however we want to pronounce it, and he made some decent points, primarily, cinematic distribution isn't what it used to be. With Netflix movies, the effects team from this is the effects team from the Will Smith Netflix movie Bright. Okay, so some of the same people that applied makeup to Will Smith's face are going to apply makeup to these no-names people's face, but they're not going to have the same money to create the same kind of visual effect. I'm just saying that I went in with a little bit more of an open mind. No. I did. Liar. I'm not. Mm. Because you need to get wise. There's no reason to have your mind open. There is no reason at all to think we are going to see a good film. I thought, given what Doom had, this actually had a shot at being better. Let's not forget, the best Leprechaun films never went to theaters. And you know what? There's actually a franchise. I will say that actually that last Leprechaun movie is the best recent example I can think of of a sequel nobody asked for that you could sit through and it wouldn't hurt you. Universal 1440 also went back and brought Don Mancini back for Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. Got some green arrows from us there, too. It feels a little different when people involved with the first one come back and work on it, particularly behind the camera. Apparently, they dragged out William Baldwin for Backdraft 2, so it doesn't always work out. <laughs> but yes, when they can at least get some tether to what was done before. Otherwise, it just feels like a fan film, right? Otherwise, you're just giving a little bit more money than what I could find on YouTube for free. I don't watch fan films as a rule. I get a lot of emails sent to me of go watch this fan film, and I literally just don't have the hours in a day to keep up with now playing and watch all the fan films. But I have seen fan films that look so much better than this. I've seen porn parodies that look better than this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you guys are losing a little bit of sight on, yes, that first Doom movie sucked, and a lot of people forgot about it. And then you start comparing it to other beloved movies, even though they were cheesy, but maybe somewhere along the line, they refound their footing and made a decent sequel. What we're dealing with here is a beloved video game franchise. 
And finding out that nobody attached to the first one is coming back actually might give somebody a little hope to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe they're just going to forget that, hit the reset button, and just try to do this property some justice. Yeah, if it were a real movie coming out in 4,000 screens this weekend, then you were right to hope that they said, boy, we can do a whole lot better than last time. Now this just looks like a scam. Like, well, we can trick some of the people that are waiting for Doom Eternal, the video game that was supposed to come out next month, but I guess it's been pushed to March 2020. Maybe they'll think when they're buying this (laughs) that they're getting the video game and not this awful, awful crap film. I also read some interviews with Giglio before watching this movie. Mm. I bought the disc in case there was a commentary or some bonus features. They spared me all of that. Mm -hmm. But it was actually hard to track down any behind-the-scenes information on this. But I finally found an in-depth interview with Giglio. And he worked on some other Universal pictures, specifically the Universal 1440, Death Race 2 and 3. Don't forget Soccer Dog the movie, not to be confused with Soccer Dog the serial or... <laughs> but, I mean, come on. I mean, SWAT 2, the sequel to a Colin Farrell movie that even he didn't see. <laughs> Giglio got his start with Paul W.S. Anderson working on Resident Evil Afterlife and writing the script for Death Race 1. So that's where the original name Annihilation came from then, apparently. Yeah, that was a Resident Evil title, right? Or it should have been if it wasn't. (laughs) And while working on the Death Race movies, he was asked by Universal, what would you like to do? This was 2015. Four years ago, he's like, I want to do Doom. I love the game. The movie just didn't do what it needed to do. I want to do Doom. Can you do it for $14? Universal said... Absolutely not. Why would we want this? I thought for sure that this was a right scrap. I thought for sure that if they didn't shit a Doom movie out onto video, much like Dimension had to keep crapping out Children of the Corn and Hellraiser films, that Doom would revert to id. Apparently, Universal Studios has the rights to the first three Doom games in perpetuity. Nobody at Universal wanted this film. They told him no. They said the first movie tanked. Why would we want to go back and revisit that shitty franchise? But Giglio was not deterred. He knew there was that game coming out in 2016, the Doom reboot. So in 2017, he went back to them and said, hey, look at the sales for this Doom reboot. So you've got people my age who played Doom when they were young and grew up with Doom. And now you've got a whole new generation of gamers. This is the time to do Doom. And so they optioned a script. He went through it. They said, cut the budget out of the script. So he redid the script a little bit lesser. Finally, this movie did get released. It was supposed to come out in April, but this has over a thousand CG effect shots. They had to push it. Lies. (laughs) Lies. And Justin, you said Bethesda had nothing to do with this. What happened was they went to Bethesda and said... And I didn't even realize this, but Bethesda bought id Studios. So Bethesda is now the owner of the Doom video game property. The reboot, this new Doom Eternal is Bethesda. They went and said, would you like to be part of this? And they don't license their games. They said that there's a history. They might listen to our show. There's a bad history of Hollywood turning game IP into crappy movies So Bethesda just wants nothing to do with any movie adaptation. They would not license anything from the reboot, anything from the new game. But they're like, 
you guys own Dooms 1 through 3, and we can't stop you, but we want nothing to do with it. And Giglio contacted them and was like, can you not badmouth us? They said, we're just going to say the truth. We're going to tweet. We have nothing to do with this production. That's 100% true. We're not going to badmouth you. We're not going to say we endorse you. We're just going to be factual. We have nothing to do with this. And so Giglio went off on his own, filmed this in Bulgaria in 2018, and it finally came out October 1st. It's the scariest thing for me this Halloween. <laughs> and everything you just said, all of that is on screen. The rush, the no capitulation between the studio who owns the actual rights to modern Doom and what the studio making the movie owns. I mean, we'll get into it, but yes. So like we've been talking about, I'm guessing all of our expectations were set pretty darn low coming into this version of Doom. Let me just put it this way. One of the things that Bethesda did license is a limited edition vodka. That's right. You could actually buy Doom the liquor from a UK distillery. And in keeping with themes, it is made from, quote, the finest quality and ethically sourced beef bones and organic ingredients. That's right. It's smoked bone liquor <laughs> complementing the charred bodies you're dropping on the ground in the game. 45 pounds to buy it. I would have gotten it not being released in America, only Europe, only Australia. I think that you really need something, either a gun or a vodka, to get through this annihilation. I still have some of the Kingsman whiskey left over. If I'd known what I was getting into, I'd be taking shots. Soccer dog, the liquor. <laughs> All right, Arnie, do it. I dare you. Find a plot. In Nevada, a group of scientists have found an ancient teleportation machine they call a gate. The gate in Nevada goes to the moon of Phobos. They pronounce it Phobos. The gate in Nevada goes to the moon of Phobos, orbiting Mars. The lead scientist, Dr. Betruger, knows that these were put around the galaxy by an ancient alien species, one who came to Earth millennia ago and taught the Sumerians their language. I want to see that English class. I want to see that <laughs> class where they're like writing and people are banging stones together. <laughs> the first human that goes through comes out altered in a zombie-like state. Not wanting to let that failure interfere with his terrible scientific method, Bertruger on Phobos enters the gate and then the base goes offline as a handful of zombies attack. During this, en route to Phobos is a transport full of United Aerospace Corporation Marines, including our main character, Lieutenant Joan of Dark. <laughs> Lieutenant Joan Dark. Yeah. <laughs> and her ex-boyfriend, Dr. Bennett Stone. They get to Phobos to find it offline. The Marines go in and find a few survivors, including Betruger, but most of the Marines are killed by zombies. When the UAC transport is damaged, Betruger suggests the gate to Nevada is the only way to escape. Betruger, of course, betrays the Marines as CGI imps attack. Joan is eventually the only survivor, but armed with the Marines' experimental BFG-9000, she kills the zombies, imps, and Betruger, who reforms and pushes Joan into the gate. She comes out in hell. Now, I actually need a little help here. I watched this twice. I'm not even going to try. You're on your own. Betruger turned into the lead alien, right? Did he? <laughs> really? Is that your reading? That is my... There's a lead alien who likes to talk a lot and knows Joan's name. That's Petruger, right? Is it, though? <laughs> I, don't, I thought that was the head Sumerian. Like, <laughs> But how does he know Joan? Right? <laughs> In subtitles. 
Because she has all those dreams of Castle Grayskull. Okay, I thought it was Betruger, but there is an alien who likes to monologue and knows Joan, but a vision of Joan's mother gives her the ambition to shoot all the CGI beasts and get back to the gate where she comes out in Nevada. She demands the scientists on Earth shut down the gate. I demand the filmmakers in Bulgaria shut down the production. (laughs) But they think her hysterical and sedate her. That's when the alien demons come through the gate to Earth and credits roll. Mm, 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 (laughs) And stock music rock and roll track number 17 rocks us out into the credits. I don't even think ACDC is listened to now, let alone listened to a few hundred years in the future. This horrible, just off enough to skirt copyright fake ACDC music we have in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all just off the shelf stock music. You can buy it for $20 a track, commercial license. It's just out there. But just right off the bat, everything in this movie feels like the marching orders on set were like, okay, we're making a movie for people who have heard of Starship Troopers and heard of aliens, but never seen either of them. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was made for people that wanted to play the new game. I actually think this is a scam perpetrated on people that didn't know that Hollywood movies could look and feel like this. They would naturally assume that if they made a Doom movie, it could never be like this. (laughs) I thought in the early stages, the very first few scenes... There's some ambition here. We get onto the Nevada base. The camera does a 360. We see it's a fully formed set or they've CGI'd the gate over where all the people are, the sound people and the gaffers. Then it kind of cranes upward. I'm like, listen, what they did is they blew their entire cinematography class on this first shot. But in doing so, it gave me hope that there might be a visual style to this film. (laughs) I mean, not really. I mean, you can tell it's cardboard. It's the opposite problem of last time. First Doom movie, we talked about there was no lights. We couldn't see anything. Maybe that was a blessing. I mean, maybe once we actually do see, we wish the lights to go off. It would be better not to have him walking through cardboard doors. I was just thinking about Leprechaun in space. The reason I brought up Leprechaun earlier is I do think the sets here look about on par. The makeup effects here are better than Leprechaun in space and the bald dude with the ball gag and all of that. But the sets here look pretty damn close, except for better graphics on the computer screens. But of course, the difference is, is that Leprechaun in space can afford to look cheap because it's a parody. Because it's asking us to laugh. This is dead serious. Sort of. And I don't think it is. I think it's like put up or shut up time. The same people that had the fire festival. Like, okay, we got to <laughs> deliver a movie. You can feel the editor just cutting around. Like every time your eyes start to focus and you're like, hey, that looks like cardboard. Cut. You know, like they they just try to cut around how cheap the whole affair looks. And you can have a good looking movie on a low budget. I am not knocking that they didn't have money. If you look at a movie like Cube, they had one set and they managed to find creative ways of working with that. But here... It's just laid out bare. The editor is doing everything they can to hide it. But you'll know from the get-go, they don't have money for the makeup effects. The monsters aren't going to look good. Nothing really makes sense. Turn it off. There's no reason to think you need to watch another second. I'll agree that, yes, the lighting is off here. Because while the sets do look better than the first time around, you can see too much of them. But the hallways look decent and they feel video game-ish. Early on, I was kind of hoping, like, okay, maybe there is some legitimacy here. 
But then when we get to the middle of the movie, we spend a half hour in what's obviously just like a dairy warehouse where <laughs> like the production value goes right down. I mean, it's they're supposed to be on this high tech base and all of a sudden they're in this rusty pipe warehouse. Yeah, that's where it's like, OK, there's no consistency going on here. It's falling apart really fast. I'll kind of split the difference. I think, Stuart, you're a little harsh on the sets. They look better than, say, Star Trek 1966, and a lot of people still get enjoyment out of that old series. They don't look as good as The Next Generation, but I am going to blame that 100% on the lighting and the fact that they're using digital cameras. And if you're not used to filming on digital, although I gotta think Gigolo has never filmed on film, but... It really has a way of making low lights look brighter. And so even if the set was properly lit for film, when it's put on a DV camera, everything looks so much brighter and crisper that it shows the seams. It makes it feel a little bit more like a stage play. The whole reason to do a Doom movie is because you want to be able to feel you are there in the thick of it. If it can't look good, there's no point, right? We're not here for story. We're not here for character. It has to have the visuals or peace, good night, I'm done. Drop the mic. Doom is a horror game, first and foremost. If it can scare and give good kills, that would buy it a lot of slack. Okay, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a movie that looked this cheap that was scary in the right way. <laughs> Again, I see no reason as they're walking through that gate while you're not walking out of the room. I guess what I was somewhat getting at and never landed on the point was somebody had enough knowledge on the set to actually light these hallways like a video game. So you feel like you're progressing through levels. Some of them are green. Some of them are yellow. Some of them are blue. So maybe it's just a trick to make it feel like the set's bigger than what it is and they're reusing the same hallway. I kind of thought that. <laughs> yeah, but at least visually it lets you get a sense of space of where you are. I'll hand them that because it felt more video gamey in that respect. But yeah, just the look of it pulls you out really quickly. Honestly, my worst problem with this movie is not going to be the CG. It's not going to be the lighting or the sets. You know where they needed to put a little bit more money was not in any of those locations. It was in the actors. Every single performer on screen here. And you know what? If everybody's bad, I think I gotta blame the director, don't I? I think it's Giglio cannot direct people to give good performances. But when we start off here, I'm already lampooning the movie because we have this scientist who... I have to hope he's just Bulgarian and English isn't his first language, but he is supposed to be a scientist who's going to be the first one through the gate. I don't know why they didn't try with a rat, a bunny, a monkey. They're going to take a PhD and you step into this and it's glowing red runes. There's nothing scientific when you're stepping into what is obviously the demonic gate. <laughs> Not only that, but how did they find the other gate if no one had ever walked through before? Yeah, they just happened to be on Phobos <laughs> and built a base around the other end of the gate. I don't understand any of the setup. Hey, this rock formation looks exactly like something in Nevada. I'm sure that they're teleporters. Let's invent technology that allows a PhD to walk through this. <laughs> <laughs> how about a Mars rover to go for? <laughs> be like, hey, we got a camera. And when you get there, be sure to pop that pimple that's on Betruger's face. Like, again, they don't even have people to, like, give people proper makeup. Literally, like, their facial blemishes are just showing in this movie. <laughs> 
Well, I think that's because he's a demon. No, I. Are you telling me acne is the makeup design? Eat all the chocolate. You're gonna break out. It'll be great for the monster. It really keeps you in character. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, I got a fun little game for you guys. Doom, first-person shooter. I'm not one of these guys who's like, get me right into the action and, you know, let's get through all this exposition and build up. But how far into the movie do you think it is before the first shot of a gun happens? 20 minutes? 36 minutes and 30 seconds before a single shot is fired in this hour and a half long movie. Mm, I believe you because that's exactly where my mind was of like, what is all this sitting around? Who thought this was doomed? Giglio said, you know, we had a lot more setup and exposition in the beginning, but we just cut, cut, cut. So this is <laughs> the leaner version. Well, they do cut around it. There is a distracting editing strategy of trying to look away so that we never get a good sense about where we are and what's going on. Cutting around the acting, cutting around the technical flaws, cutting around the fact there's no there there. There's just nothing about the movie that you'd want to watch. I was, again, intrigued when this stupid PhD who went through comes out and looks like his teeth are rotten and he's turned into some kind of goth zombie. Okay, this is where I'm going to need a little bit of help. We see this guy go through the portal and you're right. He comes out as some sort of a zombie. Something's wrong with him. I mean, he's just growling. I mean, he's not attacking anyone. He just he's kind of trembling. Blood is coming out of his eyes. Mm -hmm. He's got long, sharp fingernails. There's a physical change there. So they set it up a little bit. But when they get to the base, where did this horde of bald, blue zombie scientists come from? Were those all previous experiments? No. 20 minutes before they arrive, there's some kind of outbreak. Because we see, right before the ship lands, this same guy is thrown into a padded cell. And somehow, there's like a power surge, and he got out. And within 20 minutes, suddenly they lose contact with the base, and they have to find a new way in. And it's mad chaos. And this is... As I took it, and I only watched this once and I'm never watching it again. Yeah. But as I took it, Betruger was about to step in. Betruger was on Phobos, and since nobody else wanted to step through after that first guinea pig of a PhD became a zombie, he's like, well, you don't have to worry. I will step in. And I think he did. I think yes. that's what caused the problem. Yeah, we'll, we'll have dialogue that confirms this later on. Yes, he stepped in and came back as a monster that looked, again, it was the pimple that's the giveaway. He looks exactly the same. Unlike this first guy, there's nothing demonic about his features. Right, at least not that we can see. He's going to have a hell of a vaginal carving on his chest that when he takes his shirt off later. But for now, he looks human, but he's obviously, from frame one, a mad scientist, an evil mad scientist for reasons unknown. He's like, these gates are necessary for the survival of our species. But you're bringing demons in to annihilate us all. I don't see how that's helping the species. And this movie is not in continuity with the 2005 movie. At no point do I hear any reference to the twins or their parents that excavated this. Or even that whole mythology about you could be a good person and maybe turn into an angel. And then if you're bad and corrupt in your heart, you turn into the demon. No, this is a reboot. Yeah. 
Right. And it's also a little bit closer to the actual original games in far as like story goes, because they did open up a portal to hell. And that's what you're fighting in the game. That first movie just went around that and they did alien type of creatures. These are demonic hell demons. Now, I know when the game is played, there's no character. It's first person. So you are the main character. There's nobody that can step into that role. But the iconography, I believe, is coined Doom Guy, yes. right? There's a little avatar of a Marine with like a bowl cut. And you see him at the bottom and he gets bloodier as you get beaten up. And yeah, I read online, some people were pissed that this movie was going to star a woman and thought, oh my God, they're Captain Marveling my doom. I don't know who the hell these people are, but they, they're out there. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that someone could get indignant that even doom has been feminized. But if you've seen Aliens, you know exactly what they're doing here in this movie with Joan Dark, which you're right to call out Joan of Arc. They're trying to say later they'll heavily identify her her with the crucifix that she wears and give her the thinnest of backstories that's going to make her some kind of Christian warrior to fight these demons at the end. And I thought it was the opening to Guardians of the Galaxy, the dying mother of cancer saying you're an angel, giving a gift. It's a crucifix instead of an audio cassette, but... Yeah, she's waking up from, well, they don't call it cryosleep, they call it cryptosleep. Well, they call it crypto sleep the first time, then they call it cryo sleep later. <laughs> <laughs> Typos. We mentioned Bulgaria. Maybe the script was in Sumerian. I don't know. But yeah, she's having these dreams, waking up from being in hibernation, traveling in space. And again, I mentioned Castle Grayskull before, but yes, we are to understand for some reason, even though she was thinking of her mother's final moments dying of cancer, it's intrinsically connected to this skull castle with tendrils and the vision of hell we'll see at the end of this film. Did her mother die and go to hell? I honestly thought her mother died and became an angel. I swear, I thought this movie was going to end with the spectral form of the mother in white saving her daughter from the demons of hell. I really thought that's how this, like, the most literal day sex machina you could ever have is where I thought this was leading up to. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if that's on the cutting room floor and they just shoved her through a portal instead. Yeah, helicopter mom, here she comes. <laughs> this, this movie's just filled with little bits and ideas that none of them are fleshed out. Like, the whole idea of having Joan be part of this Marine squad that everybody hates. And we don't ever find out what she did, but everybody hates her because she was court-martialed. And one of the guys even said it should be treasonous considering what she did. Well, what the hell did she do? If you're just trying to build her up as a person we shouldn't like, good job, you did it. Because you never redeemed what she did end up having a good reason for it. I'm wondering if there's a connection to a game. Like, they mention a terrorist name and that she let them go, but I don't think Doom is story-driven. I can't imagine that any Doom game had a terrorist in it. No, the first three especially just had screens of text that tell you you've gone through the next gate and you're deeper in hell and there's more demons. I mean, literally, no dialogue, no cutscenes, nothing like that. There's no terrorist. Yeah, it's all lines of dialogue, but everyone is mad at her. They have been given a three-year tour on this Phobos moon base because on a previous mission, she did something we'll never see referenced that she herself admits was a mistake that allowed a terrorist to go free. Essentially, it puts the pressure on her for redemption. She needs to find a way in which she saves her team or stops a terrorist act. None of that will transpire. I don't know what that means. 
If the terrorist attack isn't the prologue of this film, cut the son of a bitch. If we don't get to see it, we don't need it. I mean, really, it is so confusing and so shoehorned, the way they keep referencing and the way she's like, oh, I tried to get the judges to punish only me. Well, why would they listen to the person they branded a traitor? This is some heavy shit that is never properly explained and has zero payoff, zero redemption. You could cut all of this and make this movie leaner, get to the monsters, get to the shooting. What this is reminding me of when I see the cross and the terrorist plot I'm thinking back to that shitty Wing Commander movie with the pilgrims and all of that fucking shit. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Wing Commander 2. Maybe that's how they started this and then decided, eh, maybe it's Doom. <laughs> Everything with Joan feels like somebody read How to Build a Character but only the first three chapters because it's like, okay, we're going to give her backstory. Her, she has a mom who died. Okay, we're not going to learn anything more about that. She was court-martialed, but you don't need to know anything about that. And also, she has an ex-boyfriend on this trip. It's like, okay, pick one of those things and let's develop the character a little bit rather than just she has these things about her. It's all so damn convenient that this ex-boyfriend who she dated for only four months is the only passenger on this marine vessel. He's a doctor who feels like he's won the lotto because he gets to go work on Phobos. I guess he doesn't realize that when you work on Phobos, you're forced to step into the ancient runes and come out a zombie. That's what you studied all those years for. But yeah, this beginning... I did have to pause the movie several times. You get these subtitles on the screen that are going to flash names at you that honestly never fucking matter about United Aerospace Corporation and Delta Lab Division. Nobody gives a fuck. And then you called it out, Justin. You're introduced to the stunt doubles from aliens who are going to have a moment to introduce a characteristic like my panties were stolen i speak french or i'm a muscular bald dude that's all we're ever going to get to them they're just here as meat and guess what you don't have the effects to kill them properly so you don't need so many <laughs> We got to know none of them. You know, I will say out of all of them, maybe the only one that I feel like should ever work again is the guy playing the scientist. Dr. Bennett Stone, Luke Allen Gale is his name. Uh, you know, he's playing it lighter than the rest of this movie. He's kind of a geek and like he's kind of crushing on Joan, hoping to restart the affair they had 10 years ago. He feels like he's in a romantic comedy where everyone else is trying to emulate aliens. But I feel like there's natural charisma there. And I cannot say that about any other performance. I think there's a couple here, but the one who needs it and doesn't have it is Lieutenant Joan. I mean, mm -mm. Amy Manson, I looked her up. I had to chuckle because I've definitely seen her before. Is she in the Manson family? She's in Pumpkinhead Blood Feud. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not the worst thing on her resume. I haven't seen that, but I feel one day I shall. <laughs> but... My God, she has no screen presence at all to the point that when we cut to the next scene and there's some woman talking about her panties being stolen, I think it's her. I have nothing to reference her until I realize. And then we're going to get a scene, pointless, not even any titty shot. It's just an absolute pointless scene. Joan goes to take a shower. While the captain is announcing, we have plumbing problems. Does that mean she's going to get burned or cold and have to jump out no the plumbing's just literally going to stop this is there so we can see she has all these scars on her back 
for reasons? I'm like, was she abused as a child? Is this like the Da Vinci Code and she's so religious she's self-flagulating until she rips her flesh off like the albino in that movie? I don't no! <laughs> yeah, it takes a genius to give you a titty shot that doesn't show the titty shot. Like, who, like you're making an exploitation film. You're getting someone to go into a shower for no other reason. You're getting another character to talk about her lucky pair of panties, and you can't even bother to show skin. Who are these geniuses? <laughs> <laughs> you make a Doom movie and no one picks up a gun for 36 minutes. I mean, yeah, this is incredibly wrong instincts all over the place. Admittedly, in Doom, you do start with a pistol right away. You don't have to work your way up to it. But I did like they are going to reference virtually every Doom weapon in here. It doesn't all have to be guns. There's chainsaws and knives. I think the other character we might pay attention to, there's Captain Hector Savage. He's the leader, even above Joan, of this whole mission. He's the one with the data dump. He's the one that explains they're going to a doomed moon. And that maybe the part of the reason we have this title is because Phobos is volatile. It could potentially explode. Oh, you're talking about bargain bin Michael Ironsides, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly so. Was he the one who was writing the letter to his wife? Yep. None of the people on the ship are well-defined enough. Fortunately, there's an African-American and a guy with a beard. Those are the things I need to get traits out of you. And the blonde with the huge back tattoo. Well, she's got blue hair, but yeah. I actually felt like she should have been the star, because she's no worse than the lead actress, <laughs> and you do pay attention to the haircut. Like, if it literally is this superficial of a movie, then the coolest style wins, right? <laughs> we follow the character that looks the most badass, I would think it would be her. Her name is Carly Corbin. Maybe change that name. Carly? <laughs> change all the names. But yeah, you're right, Stuart. She pops off the screen more than anybody else on this project. And I don't know why they didn't make her the lead. I mean, there's no reason to have each individual character who they are here. All these parts could have been interspersed. And they probably just pulled parts out of a hat at the first day on set. And that's how... I they got their lineup there. Well, that would explain why their biggest star is in a voiceover-only role. Gina Phillips. Now, I know that's not a name off the top of your tongue, but we have reviewed her twice before in Jeepers Creepers 1 and 3. She was the sister in Jeepers Creepers who cameoed in 3. She did a season on the David E. Kelly Boston Public. She is by far the most experienced actress or actor in this cast, She's the voice of the computer, Daisy. Yeah, she can't even. Like, I ain't going on that set. You want me to go where? Bulgaria? Uh-uh. I'll call Bulgaria. You can use my voice. That's it. And so, I guess because they watched Alien and Aliens, we have to have an artificially intelligent mother computer that's going to betray them for reasons I will never understand. I don't either. I thought for sure we'd find out, and we never do. I believe as they approach Phobos Moonbase, there is is some kind of power surge caused by Betruger walking through the portal, and that unleashes demonic potential that even infects circuit boards. And, like, her voice changes. If you notice after that, she talks more like an evil thing. And so I think we're expected to believe that she's just as possessed as Betruger is, which is beyond stupid. <laughs> 
And how possessed is Petruger? Because they do land here, a group of Marines, they do have guns. This is what was fooling me, as they landed at about 20 minutes, and they're all heavily armed. Mm-mm. Savage is like, look at my toy, and I'm like, yep, that is a Sheriff Andy special. Those weapons look very, very unconvincing. Very bad. And it's very clear. This is where you really miss American crew technicians. Like, people that are going to pay attention to details. Like, all right, everyone's going to look the same when they put on this helmet. So how do we differentiate them? Let's train them so that when they hold their weapons, they actually look like they know how to fire them. The characters haven't been differentiated so far. Why would the helmets fix it? But I'm saying costume crews know how to put in that little detail. Let's apply sweat to their brow to show that they're nervous or it's hot. Just the devil is in the details. I mean, there are more devils in the details than there are devils in this demon movie. <laughs> and I just feel like that's what you really, really need to sell this B movie. If it's got nothing else, it's got to have the realism, the tactile feel and smell of you are there going through this base. I don't believe any single actor on screen has ever held that prop gun before. They literally just were handed those and said, go. And they don't know how to point them. They don't know how to carry them. They don't know how to sell them. There's something about budget, training, you know, having the military expert on there to do the firearms training. Yeah, that stuff that we overlook. I mean, we just take that for granted that a Hollywood movie is going to put money into getting their actors ready, boot camp, and do all of that. And you forget how important it is until you see a movie like this where nobody knows what to do that right there is very apparent when we finally get to the bfg the way joan holds that thing looks like a child trying to hold up a nerf gun that's twice its size i mean she's <laughs> it's got a handle on the top which is just impractical your arm's gonna get tired hold it from the bottom it also it's this huge gun that looks like it weighs maybe a pound and a half I mean, but that's kind of the fun, right? Is that it's this impractical, it's a badass gun, right? Big fucking gun, so... Yeah, but it just feels like it's styrofoam, you know? Like oh, 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 yes. I will not let the prop people off on this. I won't go lightly on them either. I mean, they, everyone deserves scorn. The worst part of this whole movie for me comes when these Marines are infiltrating this base... And there's like two zombies and they have to keep killing the same two zombies over and over. And the zombies, it feels like they're playing flag football because they get a person down and I see no contact, but suddenly that person's throat is ripped out. I'm like, did they use their teeth? Did they use their hands? Did they just spontaneously combust at the neck? What the fuck happened? I'm just proud this movie is not going to follow the black guy dies first trope. They're going to kill the Middle Eastern first, and then they're going to kill the black guy. Way to go. We do get a reference when they do kill the African-American. I'm your ultra nightmare, motherfucker. Well, that was the hardest level of the game. Ultra nightmare. One harder than nightmare. And a line he already stole from Winslow. The Aussie had already dropped that line. So again, this movie's so paltry, they're recycling lines of dialogue. <laughs> they actually did reshoots for this. I don't know how they could afford it. But yes, part of the delay of this was they brought people back for reshoots to improve the story and continuity. Mm, I can imagine. I mean, yeah, they probably had so little coverage that they couldn't put the movie together. Again, I've mentioned the editing problems numerous times. And I can't keep track. 
During all of this, I mean, this is where you know a competent action director from uh, Embassy is like, can I tell where they are? They told me there are three levels and they've broken up into two teams. I know somebody is overstanding by a potted plant. They're in like a garden or a greenhouse. Some team is being attacked in a greenhouse and the other ones are, yeah, in some kind of dog food factory. Actually, they go through the trouble of telling us that the ones with Joan are on level two. That's the server level. That's also, thankfully, the toxic waste from the nuclear runoff level. (laughs) Are these zombies? At some point, the captain gets pulled down and he's bit. Is he going to turn? Is that how they get you? I don't think we ever see any evidence of that happening. No, in the game, you go into this base and you are attacked by zombie scientists. And at no point in the games... The, especially the ones that they have license to, does it spread like zombies where the bite and you are infected? They're just, the scientists got mutated into basically zombies. How's contagion spreading? It happens through the demons. So it's not whether you're a good or bad person, it's whether you walk through the portal? In the game, there was a scientific lab on Phobos, they opened the gate, Shit came through, and the scientists who were there turned into these zombie things, and you are a marine sent in to assess and clean up. So, whatever happened when the demons came in turned some of the scientists into zombies. But I don't think even the filmmakers have an answer to that question, because there's a lot of scientists running around as zombies that we never saw before. So did the whole base get infected like this? Oh, no, there's our main scientist and his assistant that actually flipped the switch for the portal on him. They're still alive and fine. So that was my question early on is like, where did these zombies come from? Stunt casting. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if you're going to do zombies, at least give us some rules. But this isn't a zombie movie. These are just level one things that we have to get past before we realize the bigger threat. Well, then it's confusing to me because once the captain gets held down and bitten, he makes a point of shooting the door and closing it so he cannot be rescued. He sacrifices himself for no apparent reason then. I thought he was doing it because he knew that if she came in, they'd kill her too. And by shutting her out, he was protecting her by closing the door. I feel like she could have handled those two zombies, but okay. I can understand the need to like kill yourself and get out of this movie ASAP. I'm right there with you. And for once, kid shooting technology not do the exact thing it's supposed to do properly in a movie like what would make you think shooting your car door would make it close (laughs) fonz logic (laughs) fonz physics i'm gonna call that you know you hit the jukebox and it plays i don't know how that works but whatever One of the scientists, I don't know if it's a salute, a call out or a a public shaming, but is Dr. John Carmack, who I believe is one of the co-creators of the original game. Yes, I mean, he's the brains of the game. I noticed John Romero didn't get a shout out in this. Carmack's the one who did the hard work. Romero's the one who had the long hair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he brought the rock and roll attitude to it all. But yes, Carmack gets a name drop here, which I'm sure he is disavowing any knowledge of this, just like Bethesda is... (laughs) But they walk around with guns and don't shoot them for 15 minutes. Yep. First shot fired at 36 (laughs) minutes. Dear God. (laughs) I mean, I have no trouble believing that having sat through this movie. I'll be honest. This was definitely one where I was like, oh God, I just like, it just sucks you. Like, just like these zombies will hold you down and start sucking the soul out of your mouth. Time for a drink. Well, the zombies don't do that. That's the imps that come later. The zombies just make your throat explode and blood go everywhere somehow. But... 
the imps, yeah, for some reason they'd pull the cat's eye bullshit. I don't get it. Do they do that in the game? No! I do know in the game the demons produce fireballs from their chest. And I don't remember them doing that in the first Doom movie. It's kind of fun that they do it here. Yeah, those are the imps. We don't even get to them to like the hour mark where they can afford some CGI. We get all of this just practical makeup for the first hour where we kill all the Marines and it eventually gets down to where we only have Bennett and Joan from the ship and then a whole bunch of scientists, including Betruger, who came out and like, we're alive! Really? How? Yeah, I mean, we should be suspicious because we know he went into the portal and that's what caused all of this. So I think we are looking at him with suspicion that he's either in on it or, in fact, is a decoy or or something. I never trusted him. But yeah, they set up Veronica as the new girl that he kind of hits on. And she seems maybe last girl potential. I'm looking at her to maybe be the person that survives this. Uh, Because Joan came in early, I know Joan is going to be our last girl. Then the third survivor is the base's chaplain, Glover, who's just here to have a little bit of talk of spirituality with Joan (laughs) and then die. Yeah, again, if you thought all that good person, bad person stuff was really heavy handed and badly done in Doom 2005, well, stop complaining because look at it now. Like, he doesn't believe it. No one believes these lines. It's painful. I don't even know this actor and I know that he's done better work than this. This is just painful to see him try and give a (laughs) spiritual pep talk because he sees a crucifix around Joan's neck. Well, yeah, he has done other work. I just reviewed him a couple weeks ago. Mandalore was the sheriff in Rambo Last Blood. And was he better in that? I didn't recommend that movie. I wish I were watching it now. (laughs) All right, I'm going to say something controversial here because you're pushing me in a corner. I think this script is better than The Last Doom. Now, I think it's made worse. I think the actors are delivering the lines worse. But as far as the main story goes of Marines going to a planet where they open the Hellgate and there's zombies and demons running around, it's so much cleaner than any of this, I injected myself and maybe I become an angel or maybe I become a demon or maybe I become a slug monster. This is a much better script, just not given any of the money or talent to produce a movie that would be better than Doom. On paper, if I were reading both scripts... I'd greenlight this one over the one with The Rock. I would fire every writer in the room. (laughs) This is not a good script. I mean, I guess you can split a hair and say you like this because it doesn't muddy the waters about soul and and goodness. But uh, no, this is not good. They should all be trying to turn on the power. They've been told there's like 1% left and this is an explosive moon. And they spend most of the movie going, what should we do next? Yeah. How about flip the switch on the third level? Well, for as much talking as the characters in this movie do, it just overall has nothing to say. Kind of what Stuart's getting at here. There's no underlying story. There's no underlying message. There's no sly winks at some sort of social commentary. It's just dumb, gory action. I wish it was gory. Yeah. I wish it was more than just a few puddles of what looked like oil on the ground. Yeah, you're an exploitation movie. Tits, blood, subversion. If you're following the aliens formula, then do something that aliens didn't do. Zig left when we are expecting turning right. I mean, there's just ways of taking what you have, taking the lemons and making some, if not lemonade, at least something that's not toxic, (laughs) something that won't kill you as you consume it. (laughs) Like bone marrow whiskey. (laughs) What's killing me is my lack of interest in these characters. Obviously, Betruger is evil. 
I've known this from the early stages that he was at least insane, but now he's obviously evil. And you've got these other ragtag people around. I don't give a fuck about any of them. There's really no character arc here. Even Joan doesn't have a character arc. It's not like she's afraid to go in. She has a speech with the chaplain where she's like, fuck God's plan because my mother died. And you know what? I actually understand that attitude. I've known people in life who a loved one dies and then a priest says, that was God's plan. And their response is, fuck God's plan. That is not a helpful thing to say. Listen, any ministers, priests, chaplains listening, that's not a helpful thing to say, well, God wanted your loved one to die horribly. So no, I get that, but that's the closest thing to an arc. Why can't we have Joan and Bennett starting to rekindle, starting to have a little spark or anything that would make them feel human. I think they are supposed to be. Again, I get it from his performance because he's the best actor in here. But you're asking me, why can't they make any character on here compelling? It's called talent. Like, you need talent, and they don't have any. Also in the script, because what Arnie's asking for is just sitting right there the whole time. If this character is to be compelling, and they almost say it, but they don't, she needs to be a non-believer. She needs to be like an atheist who just doesn't believe in any of this afterlife and demons and angels and any of that crap. And now she's faced with it. There you go. There's something that's com somewhat compelling. I think that's supposed to be there in that one scene where she's there with Mandalore and he he's having some kind of stomach pains and saying he's wanting water. This is so much like aliens. I'm expecting a chest burster or something. They do do a lot of aliens referencing. I do notice shot sizes and the way that they put things together. The way that the pilot gets killed. Very similar to the Cameron film where he turns around and he just sees an open mouth. A lot of times they are just recreating fan film style shots and moments from Aliens. And why aren't they more ambitious? Because nobody here really was thinking about making a movie. They were thinking about making a buck. Well, I'm ready to jump to the end. I mean, we do get the imps showing up when they kill the captain. And I do like that the imps are shooting fireballs because that is video game accurate, even if it looks shitty as hell in this movie. It's fun in a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. If this were a campy movie and I was expecting Bruce Campbell to be the chaplain and all of that, well, then that that is something I could get behind. I would be with this movie a whole lot more if its tongue were in cheek. But yeah, these are Morphin Ranger effects in a movie that's screaming were James Cameron's aliens. Yeah, I would have appreciated a couple of Hadoukens or something. I mean, but like, <laughs> you can't just shoot a fireball out of your chest and expect me to think, ooh, ah, it just looks like cheap after effects, especially when it's imposed over obviously dudes in rubbery costumes. Yeah, that man in suit for sure. And I'm sure they're going to reuse that suit for Descent 3 and whatever else they got. In fact, I expected that as they're going down the hall. I'm like, I bet you they're going to run into like the cast of Deep Blue Sea 3 <laughs> and have to feel like we're supposed to have this set today. No, it's Thursday. It's ours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this whole thing feels recycled Corman. Again, it's a shit factory. We're just cranking it all out and exploiting your love for old titles. Speaking of old titles, when we finally get to their big budget scene, when we get to hell, all I can think of is that 90s Spawn movie. Which is better than this. I don't know. What, in what way? Oh, the look of hell. Yeah, just the look of hell where it's like, oh, somebody figured out how to render some rocks. I'm going to go ahead and say... 
not that it's good, but this is by far the best 20 seconds in the movie, right? Like, it's the one that has a little bit of life in it because we are in this kind of fun fantasy CGI area. I mean, it's all blue screen, but it's preferable to anything that we've seen previously, visually speaking. We get the sad moment, right? Because Bennett has turned into a zombie and Joan has to kill him. And because she's a bad actress, I don't give a fuck. Right. But why did he turn into a zombie? Nobody else who died turned into a zombie. If they are, in fact, able to bite you and you turn, he was grabbed. The elevator opened. He was grabbed. He was pulled in. And the next time we see him, he's infected. So I have to believe that through bite, through scratch, it's transmuted like a communicable disease. But again, why did the artificially intelligent computer turn evil? I, I don't know. I, and no one is going to bother and stop and ask those questions. And again, the question I did ask is, when she is in hell, this demon who is not from the game shows up. That I swear had to be Betruger because she shot Betruger with the BFG. And he stands up, rips open his chest. He's got this split down his chest. You can't kill what's already dead, which is his performance. And then we go into this other realm and the demon there looks like he's split down the middle but also wearing some kind of hood. And Arnie, I didn't read it the first time through, or the only time through, but now that you keep talking about it that way, I think maybe that was at least an idea that they were thinking about doing, making Betruger that main demon in hell. Or at least his avatar. Yeah, because as he looks now, I really thought it was the Destroyer from Thor. It's not bad. Again, I like if the whole movie had worked on this and had a campy sensibility, you could Sam Raimi all this. You could have made this a lot of fun if you had the right jokes, the right characters. They don't even have to be good actors. You know, they can just be playing to type and you can have a good time. That's how you roll with a B movie that has nothing new to offer in terms of plot. But yeah, this moment was squandered. They spent whatever dimes they had on this moment. It's too bad it's not in a better film. Yeah, they could have given this movie the Cabin in the Woods version of an Aliens type of take. I wish I knew what the hell this guy was talking about. Again, the reason, the only reason I really thought it was Betruger is because he keeps calling this person Joan, and he's like, we should have killed all the humans when we had a chance. Well, you taught the math and language instead. I mean, it's not like I see cockroaches in my house and I'm like, well, do I exterminate or do I teach them tap? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, at least Prometheus bothered to explain how the bald guys got disenchanted with humanity and wanted to erase us. We needed some moment to understand that they were trying to make us into something. They wanted us to create the technology to use the portals so that we would have this first contact and maybe they didn't like us or something. I, you know, a movie that cared would have written a line of dialogue to explain. Yeah, like, for instance, why do they hate humans? Did we somehow banish them back to this realm? Like, who knows? And why can't they get to Earth? Like, why it takes us to open the portal that they made? Mm, whatever. I hate you, too. Fuck off. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, but then... She's going to look into the water, and the worst CGI effect here is her own reflection coming back. And then... A vision of her mother. Again, I thought the mother was going to come down, angel into hell, saving the daughter, something biblical. No, she's just going to pick up the BFG she's had the whole time and shoot things. 
Again, they associated this place she's in now. We're calling it hell. I call it Castle Grayskull. I have no idea what it is. It looks like a CGI video game level. I'll give them that. And from what I understand about the new Doom game, not that they have the rights to it, but I do believe all of Earth is overrun with demons. So I imagine this potentially could be what happens to Earth should they find a way there. But they have linked that to her mom dying. Like when she was waking up, she saw her mom lying in a bed and then interspersed with that was this imagery. So I think we're supposed to think that the mom, well, I don't know. We're told she was always with her, but at the same time she died. And I think she might've gone to hell. I don't know. (laughs) It's because I think there's some sort of dropped reluctant profit subplot going on here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they keep hinting at it, but they just never flesh it out. Yeah, I don't think faith audiences are going to buy this. If this was some thought that we can get them, God is real, part four. No, that this ain't. <laughs> Kirk Cameron was originally on board. <laughs> Maybe he is this dude. <laughs> that would have been more fun. Again, any attempt to make me smile would have been appreciated. I do like the visuals here, though. You're right. When the imps are all attacking and she has to leap over that chasm. And again, I thought her mother would come down and help her (laughs) fly over the chasm. But when they're all coming and she's standing there at the gate and has to decide what to do, does she step into the gate that's turned everybody into a beast? Or does she stand there and get ripped to shreds by imps? She throws a couple grenades, flies through, and is back on the worst-looking set. I mean, yes, the cheap CGI is better than anything a carpenter did here. And she survives. She's the only one who survives this without a catastrophic bodily injury because... There was some other portal that popped up that's like a circle of fire that she runs through. She jumps over a chasm and runs back to Nevada, and yeah, I don't know. She wants some vodka. So do I. (laughs) Yeah, I just took it as the portal in hell is the same portal that she went through. Like, I think this is the in-between space in your travel between Nevada and Mars. Okay, so that's why everyone that comes through gets possessed, because they have to walk through and get possessed by a demon. That's how I took it. Well, you take it. (laughs) I'll leave it. Get it away from me. (laughs) Yeah, let's see if we take it or leave it. Justin Stewart, how strongly do you not recommend Doom Annihilation? Justin. Sadly, you know, BFG to my head, if I had to watch one Doom movie again, I'd probably take this one. I mean, I I mean, that first one just felt like a whole lot of dark nothing to me. I took nothing away from that movie other than like, wow, how did they get The Rock and Carl Urban in this? But at the end of the day, it's like they're both just hot garbage and neither one of them gives me warm, fuzzy feelings about playing Doom back in the day. It just makes me kind of hate the property more. So, I mean, whatever they're doing with this property, as far as movies goes, I don't know. I don't know who they're making this for. Are there 14-year-old boys who are playing a game from 1992 and are waiting for this movie? I don't know. I said it before. I feel like this movie was made for people who have heard of better sci-fi movies but never actually seen them. Just seen kind of clips on YouTube, and they're hoping that that audience is just dumb enough to watch this movie on their phone and not see how bad the special effects are. So, yeah, I'm, obviously I'm not going to recommend this, but like I said, if I had to watch one of them again, I'd probably watch this one. It feels a little crisper, a little faster, a little easier to trog through. So that's where I land on this doom. I hope we don't go back. Stuart. Yeah, the only thing this movie annihilates is goodwill. The idea that studios want to do right by their properties and deliver a quality product. This is not a sequel. This is a dark web, get rich, quick scheme 
predicated on people that Universal 1440 think are dumb enough to confuse an upcoming video game release with a new movie. I mean, if you look at the covers, they look very similar. It would be very easy to think that you were getting a game when you were getting this movie online. Just look at the artwork. But yeah, I feel the same way watching this Doom that I do when I listen to the assholes that call my mom's landline. And yes, she still has one. And they leave messages telling her that they're the IRS and that she's going to be arrested in an hour if she doesn't call back with her social security number. That's happened. And I feel like the same thing is happening here. They are lying to people and saying, we made a movie and taking their money. I'm very sorry if this happened to you. I feel a little guilty, frankly, a little sick to think that I helped perpetuate this scam by reviewing it, by treating it as something that we must follow. And I'm with Justin. I think Universal 1440 was better than Universal Pictures to Doom. Not that either did it any favors. But with the exception of that first person sequence I called out from the first Doom, this one's better. And honestly, I am splitting hairs here. Yeah, guys, help me out. Name one thing that it does better than that movie. It's Vision of Hell. It's monsters. It's shooting fireballs. It's monsters. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's mine, Justin. To me, I mean, I know we made fun of a lot of the sets, but like this one at least got the hallway feel done correctly. I mean, I, I felt like... There was parts where I felt like I was in a video game rather than watching somebody try to make a video game movie. There were scenes like that. And this movie took me a little longer to realize that it was going to be a pile of crap than the original one did. Wow. Okay. All right. I'll respect that you guys feel that way. But to me, this is a dive off a cliff. Neither makes me want to play the game. And in fact, I was excited about the Doom sequel coming out next year until I saw this, and now I really just want nothing to do with Doom. Maybe I need to load up the first ones again to bring back some of the fun of Doom and remind me why I like it, or put that VR helmet back on, because that was really a lot of fun. But this dooms the franchise. If I was Bethesda, I wouldn't be so polite as to just say we're not involved. I would be out there being like, we wish we could stop it. We wish we could keep our property pure. We don't know why they moved the release. Maybe the game's not done, or maybe they just wanted to put distance between this and that. (laughs) Every game misses its dates. It's not like a movie where you can actually say, here's the deadline, and if the effects aren't finished, you're going out, I'm looking at you, I am legend. With a game, if it's not finished, it doesn't work, and you can't sell it. So... Every game misses its date. And even when it makes its date, it then has a 20 gigabyte patch on day one because it really wasn't finished anyway when they went to print. But yeah, this movie, it's not a BFG, it's a big fucking mess, 9000. It's a strong not recommend. And I'm happy that this doesn't make Universal keep the rights because that means they have zero motivation to ever make another one. And yet the bar is so low. Again, if you're conning people, I mean, that trick works. My mom didn't call them back, but I'm sure some people call back in fear. That's all they needed. Obviously, when you only throw a couple shekels in here, you don't need to make too much more to say, let's go fishing again. Let's see if we can get some more people. I know they're working on Deep Blue Sea 3, Like, why? Who's entertained by any of this? Name one person that liked any of these properties being turned into this. It's a scam. I mean, they ought to be ashamed. I mean, they they ought to just be run out of town for this. You're right. I don't know who this was aimed at. I mean, if it was aimed at original fans of the property Doom, you missed by a mile. If this was aimed at people that maybe have a little bit of knowledge of a game from back in the 90s that still has a little bit of relevance... And they heard there's a new game coming out. How big is that audience? 
like 10 people. Yeah. Who enjoyed this? Again, we'd love to hear from you. If you, honest to God, no judgment, found some fun in this movie, I don't understand why you wouldn't prefer to watch Aliens again or Resident Evil or God help us. I'm still going to say it, the 2005 Doom. I don't know why this would be a good way to spend your time on junk. I feel bad for Jiglio because... I can't pronounce his name the same way twice. <laughs> Soccer dog is not returning his phone calls. No, I am not doing the sequel. <laughs> and he claims to be a fan of this game, and he included enough references to it that I have to believe it's more than a passing familiarity. But why would he want to do this? I guess this is just this man's career is making shit, but he's allowed to make shit. And he's making some sort of a living in Bulgaria. And so more power to you. I never want to watch a movie with your name on it again. Yeah, I, again, I think the thing that I take away from this is if I ever see Universal 1440, I know exactly what's coming at me. It's a brand that burns even deeper than New World Pictures, Troma. Like, we know this is going to hurt. How many of them have you seen? I don't want to see any more. But you recommended Curse of Chucky. Is that on the same label? It's on the same label. Okay. Well, I guess I have to retract that then. I didn't realize. I wasn't willing to give them credit. But no, I never am going to willingly see another one of their work. You know what? That Curse of Chucky wasn't so good that I feel like, boy, you'd be missing something great if you skipped it. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is more bad than Curse of Chucky is good. Yeah, exactly. There's just no reason to patronize their work. They're out to get you. No, that's like talking to telemarketers because you need, you're bored. Like, no, they're trying to rob you. Don't even fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a different day and age, you know, take us back 30 years ago. This would be one of those things where we'd be like, did you know they made another Doom movie? It's like, what? Yeah, no, I found it in the bargain bin at Kmart. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to know about this. I can't imagine that even trying to jump on to the hype of the vodka, the new game and all of that, a lot of people are going to know. I do think it'll be at Walmart because that's how I found out Critter's Attack exists. I was at Walmart buying an exclusive copy of Spider-Man and sitting right next to it. I'm like, oh, another fucking Critter's film. Thank God we didn't do that whole franchise. (laughs) Just stop with the first one. Well... We are doing more video game movies as much as they keep stealing my quarter and not letting me play. We're going to do it again. And this one gave me an extra kick in the nuts because this came out on October 1st. Didn't know it was coming until pretty close to the last minute. What I did know was coming is the next movie we're doing, Ratchet and Clank. And because of bonus features on the disc, I bought that movie like five months ago. Well, I go to redeem my digital copy of Doom Annihilation, and what's on the back? Here's a code for an extra free movie. What can it be? Universal Pictures old Frankenstein, already got it. Universal Pictures old Dracula, already got it. Or Ratchet and Clank with all the bonus features. <laughs> I don't even know what, are you speaking Sumerian? Ratchet and Stank, I don't know what that is. That's a video game? It's a PlayStation game. Think of like Sonic and Two Tails as Ratchet, who's like a fox thing, and Clank, who's a little robot. Who's playing those? It's from the early 2000s. It's before the video game market was oversaturated with cute playable characters. Okay, and this is going to be a movie? It was an animated CGI movie, came out back in 2016, was uh, given the beatdown by Jungle Book. 
I don't know what you're talking about, and I look forward to the break that I'm going to have for the next several weeks as we go to theaters and cover real movies until we get to whatever the hell this is in, what, December. All I know is I like the Ratchet & Clank game. We'll talk about it when we get back to the arcade. But yes, in the meantime, if you want some zombies that actually have a good budget and a few laugh lines and actors and actresses with charisma who I can tell apart on screen, join us Friday for Zombieland Double Tap. I guarantee I will buy every listener their movie ticket back if it is not better than Doom Annihilation. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, we haven't seen it up to this point, but again, I can't imagine. This doesn't feel like Universal 1440 sequel. The only way it could be worse is if they brought in some of that 1950s technology, and while watching Double Tap, they zapped every person in the genitals with a taser mid-movie. That is the way, only way it could be more painful than Doom. But that is the end of our Silver Level series, the fifth movie after the three I Am Legends. Zombieland last Friday, Zombieland 2 Double Tap this Friday. Hope you can join us for it. I'm going to be the only one back here next week, <laughs> so we're rotating casts a lot. We had Charlie's Angels last week with Marjorie, Jacob, and I. Next Tuesday, Rock, Marjorie, and I are the three from hell as we give a Halloween review there. <laughs> you have to go see new Rob Zombie. I'm so glad I wasn't on that gig. I just <laughs> not really a fan of him, but does he have another good movie in him? Does he have a good movie in him? You'll let us know. So we will talk to you next time. Justin Stewart, thank you for going through hell with me. Thanks for going through lava lamp. <laughs> and until next time, game over. need to get the fuck out of here. Winslow, for the first time, you and I are in absolute agreement. Thank you for listening to this episode of Now Playing Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Is it always that rough? Believe me, it used to be a lot rougher. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week for another new movie review podcast. What were you downloading? What were you sent to protect? And in the NowPlayingPodcast.com archives, you can find reviews of other video game movies, including Resident Evil, The King of Kong, The Wizard, Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, Double Dragon, Tomb Raider, Rampage, and more. We don't know what we're dealing with here. Also at our site, you can find hundreds of other movie reviews, including Star Wars, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Independence Day, The Avengers Films, Back to the Future, Batman, Superman, The Fast and the Furious, and more. Like winning the lottery, it's the very best ride you can get. Do you want to continue? Insert money now to keep playing Now Playing. We're going to need something with a little bit more kick. Now Playing Podcast is a show without any sponsors or ads. We rely on support from listeners like you to keep Now Playing operating. If it's trying to kill you, it's a threat. You can donate to the show and, as our thank you, receive bonus podcasts. Over 150 bonus movie reviews are available to choose from on the Now Playing Podbean page, including Alien, Night of the Living Dead, Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, Psycho, Troll, and more. 
Is that an order? Recommendation. Find a full list of available bonus shows at nowplayingpodcast.com forward slash donate. You hesitate, people die. You can also join the Now Playing Patron campaign through our Podbean site. Patrons of $10 or more get a new exclusive movie review every month, plus even more perks, including one where you can pick a movie for our host to review. Find the details on our website. People, this room is a code red, which means no one gets in without our permission. And while at NowPlayingPodcast.com, be sure to join our forums, where you can discuss these movies and games with other listeners. It was so smart, how come they're so dead? If you want even more Now Playing reviews, place your order now for the first Now Playing book, Underrated Movies We Recommend. Get reviews of 125 films our hosts love. You can order the book by clicking the banner at the top of our homepage. I didn't figure it was the sort of thing I could jot down on a yearly birthday card. You can follow Now Playing on Facebook and Twitter, where we post announcements of new episodes and where the hosts post movie mini-reviews. Links to our social media pages are available on our homepage. Now follow me, please. Now Playing Podcast is produced by Arnie Carvalho. I'm not supposed to... Now Playing's video game retrospective series is edited by Steve and Arnie. We can handle this one. Now Playing credits read by Brock. Every time you open your mouth, you give away our position. Venganza Media Incorporated is not affiliated with the motion pictures reviewed or otherwise referred to herein. All movie clips and music included in this podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Is all this information going to be on the test? Oh, shut up. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Venganza Media Incorporated. Do you think I'm lying to you? Is that what you're saying? Now Playing Podcast is an exclusive trademark of Venganza Media Incorporated and may not be used without the express written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Now Playing is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2019, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. We're finally done here because I've got a job to do. It's finished. What'd you say we go outside and get some fresh air? And Jacob, you mentioned Bethesda. I'm Justin, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight, the part of Jacob will be played by Justin. (laughs) At least only Marjorie is the one who gets mad when I call her by another name. (laughs) Everybody else just rolls with it. You call her by another name? Like Stuart? Awkward. Yeah, really. That one you really shouldn't do. <laughs> wow, how did they get The Rock and Keith Urban in this? I mean, or Carl Urban in this? Is it Keith or Carl? It should be. It should be Keith. That would be more funny. But it's it is Carl. Carl. How did they get? The- we never remember Carl. <laughs> Who's Carl Urban? We've seen him in twenty movies, and we have no idea. <laughs> but.